At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We welcome you back in as Betting Across America continues on a busy college basketball Saturday, as always, presented by BetMGM. Back alongside Amal Shaw, who's sweating the cacophony of best friends. Ben Wilson with Elliot Bauman, our producer behind the glass, and the game we are and the whole country is really enamored with at this point, Amal. And it's been a very good game. Back and forth in West Lafayette, Indiana, squarely on the bubble. Purdue, potentially going to be a top uh, two seed. But only up by two right now as a 10 or 10 and a half point favorite. It is Purdue ball here with a timeout still left. And they also have three fouls to give them all. So Indiana, uh, who is is committed to enough fouls to put Purdue in the double bonus in a, a tough spot. Really the last chance for Mike Woodson to get a signature win outside of the Big Ten tournament. Two point game here, 55.5 to go. That's where we begin here. Our uh, number two from Circa. Yeah, uh, Indiana just missed an opportunity on a lob to Trace Jackson. Davis couldn't gather it in cleanly. Would have had an opportunity to lay it in or potentially dunk it and tie things up. But 22 on the shot clock, 55 seconds remaining. So if you are, um, to me, if you're Purdue, you got to hold this ball for at least 10 to 12 seconds because that way if you miss, even if Indiana were to score, um, then you're looking at a situation, assuming they don't hit a three, where you've got a last shot, you either go to overtime or you win the game in regulation instead of putting in a scenario where if you go quickly, you miss, IU mm-hmm. goes down and scores, they could then get a last shot to be able to win the game. Right. Yeah, so, you could. You would take this as far down as about 33 seconds of use of the rest of the clock. So we'll see what Purdue does uh, out of the timeouts. And it's Jaden Ivey. Oh, in and out on a layup. As uh, it's I don't think it was Ivey. Uh, oh, no, they get, yes, they gave it up. It was on, on a drive to the bucket. So... You were just joking off air. <laughs> the lack of guys being able to finish with their left hand at the rim, and we just saw it again there, and now we'll get a review to see who that ball was last off of. Yeah, and this can be a huge call here uh, because this obviously would give Indiana, excuse me, Purdue 20 seconds on the shot clock because it came off the rim. And Trevian Williams with the... Uh, yeah, that's clear. That's going to be Indiana basketball. Mm. The, yeah, uh, I think so. You're right. But... Um, well, I didn't see anybody touch it after Williams touched it, but the the thing is now there's 43 seconds remaining, and I don't know why in college basketball and you hear broadcasters talk about it all the time if they have any NBA background why teams don't go more two for one scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the second half the clock shot stops on a made shot, so if you can go quickly, you know, come down take a shot, you put immense pressure on the Purdue side, but. With 13.7 seconds between that and the shot clock, I don't think you want to necessarily force it, but if you can get a quick look, might be a possibility. You mentioned in the past, Matt Painter-led teams, they have had some tight games, and they've had a lot of losses yeah. down the stretch in these late-game scenarios. You look at what they've done 
last two minutes of this game, Ivy missed layup, Williams missed jumper, and and then Eric Hunter missing the layup uh, here a moment ago. So with the ball staying with Indiana here, 43.7 to go, that 13-second differential, we'll see what the Hoosiers can do as a massive underdog in this spot, uh, down by two, 43.7 to go. The other team in the bubble conversation here who has not put as, as good of an effort in is Indiana today, Florida down by 10 at home to Kentucky, 222 to go there as a four-point underdog. So it does not look like Florida is going to be able to get to a win and, and knock off the seventh-ranked Wildcats who keep their hopes for a potential one seed alive by getting this likely road win. Again, still 216 to go there, but Kentucky in control. Yeah, uh, Wildcats going to come out of the O-Dome with, with a victory barring an epic collapse here, but I really believe Kentucky and Auburn should be one seeds along with Arizona and Gonzaga. And then, you know, you can make a case for Baylor if they win the Big 12 mm-hmm. tournament. And if uh, Auburn and, and Kentucky, one of them or both of them go down before the SEC final. If they meet in the SEC final on right. Sunday, which generally turns out to be a great game, um, it, it'll be a lot of fun to see. And by the way, Purdue smartly, you mentioned the three yeah, fouls they together. They started fouls. I'm going to tell you, I don't like using the sixth team foul. If you get the five, to me, keep that because mm-hmm. then you get a bump somewhere along the line at six. Now you're sending the other team to the free throw line. And, and what that does as well, it prevents Indiana still with the shot clock not resetting all the way to 30. It's only 20 now in the college game. So there's still a nine second differential, and they do take another foul on the floor with 17.7 to go. So now the shot clock's going to go dark. For Indiana, and Purdue still has one more foul to give. And they're 17.7 not, not going to foul. Ma- now Ma- they won't foul. No, yeah, well, there's only five team fouls, but Painter yeah. said don't foul anymore, which I agree so, with. So, yeah, you're right. You got to that five yeah. threshold. They had the two to give. They still have one. Now they have one left to give, but you're right. You don't want to get into a, a potential scenario where you, you run yourself into a spot where you have nothing nothing you can do from the foul perspective. Oh, wide open three. No good. Oh, it was inbounded. They had a wide open look, but a foul on the deck, and that's going on Purdue, and that was the one they had to give. That's exactly right, and that's what my wow. – I was just going to really say, a loose ball foul and a rebound, you don't want to wind up in that situation. So now, you, that's exactly what happened here, so it's interesting to see how this one's going to play out. This, uh, If you're a Purdue fan, like, <laughs> just the, the – like, these late-game – Scenarios playing out. They you're just getting used to them, I guess, if that's you, even possible. You know, look, the one at the Breslin Center in this game, I, I don't look as that as big of a deal because these are rivalry games. At yeah. Michigan State's always tough. Indiana, we know how good they can be in a rivalry situation. They played well at Assembly Hall this year, but uh turnover by Indiana on the inbounds pass. Trayvon Williams going to go to the line and but still you have to be concerned if you're a Purdue fan or a Purdue backer in a lot of spots because they're in games they probably shouldn't be in. And this but at least based on the odds, was yeah. one of those games as a, a double-digit favorite. So Indiana throws it away on the inbounds, and now double bonus time uh, for Purdue. Uh, Florida being forced to take fouls. They've at least gotten it within eight, but uh, just one minute left there. One game that has just gotten underway. We talked about some of these big top 25 matchups. Jamal, you were giving your thoughts earlier on North Carolina and Duke. The marquee game coming up a little bit later today. How about one that is just underway from Allen Fieldhouse, and you mentioned the Big 12 and, and how things could shake out there with regards to who gets a number one seed if if Baylor is that team to do it. Well, Kansas has been uh, a team that will likely be on the two seed line, taking on Texas today. They're just underway, three minutes into the game, a 5-5 there in a game that Kansas goes off as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Chris Beard and, and uh, Texas probably on the five-seed line trying to get some more confidence going into the Big 12 tournament and what has been at times a rocky season there in Austin. It really has. They're inconsistent offensively. That's the biggest problem. I like KU here. I don't know if uh, they're going to cover six and a half. I'd like them to win the basketball game at the Fog. 
Uh, but remember, they win this game, they get to share the Big 12 title. They weren't expected to be in this spot, but losing to TCU on Tuesday, this is their fifth game, excuse me, third game in five days. So a mm-hmm. little bit of a challenge here, but I, I still think they find a way through against this Texas team who's been, you know, I, to me, they've been, as you alluded to, inconsistent. They, there are times where they look good and other times you're not sure what you're going to get out of them as Purdue knocks down both free throws, goes up by four. And see, this is to me where Purdue should be fouling. And they, they just did. They took well, one on the Well, it, on it the wasn't floor. intended to be a foul. But like, yeah, yeah. Got, got all the way into the paint. 8.3 to go. Indiana in the one and one now down four. You know, Ben, to me, what I don't understand about teams, okay, you got a four-point lead. Let's say it was four, five, six points, whatever. Press like you're down and foul. You yeah. can't mathematically come back if you don't turn the basketball over and if you're a good free-throw shooting team. You know, Villanova did that against Providence. They fouled three times in the final minute up by three because they're the best free-throw shooting team in America, and it prevailed because at the free-throw line, they know they're better than PC. It, mathematically, you're not going to be able to come back. Now, obviously, other things can transpire, but still, to me, I'm surprised more teams don't do that. You know, I, I'm with you on it, and especially in, in the college game where – you have a lot of teams that struggle in, in that aspect. Indiana does hit the first free throw here, but it's a, it's a point that is well taken. More, you would think more teams would do that, and they just, they just don't see it. I, I forgot there was a game uh, in which tournament. I think it might have been the OVC on Friday. Um, somebody was down three points with two seconds remaining, and they are, they've got, they're covering guys inside the arc. And I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> just stand. Every, everybody yeah. should be outside the arc. Form a wall. It, it's like, I remember oh. we, we had a guest on a show. He's a professor of analytics somewhere, and I was like, oh, you should fire this guy. I said, he said, well, you just throw the ball up three. It was it was from the Marquette-Creighton game a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where they throw He goes, well, just throw the ball at half court and touch that. I'm like, why do that? Roll the ball inside the arc. Even if they lay it in, you still win by one. You, and they threw the ball. Nobody touched it. Marquette hits a three-point shot at the buzzer. They go to overtime, and Marquette wins the game. To me, it's like little nuances of the math, how these coaches don't understand. Mm-hmm. You spend so much time on things. It's like figuring out how to make $10 million a year, but then having the inability to actually save it and pay your tax liability. And next thing you know, you're getting, <laughs> you're getting you know, silver bracelets and you're walked off because you didn't pay the money on your taxes because you weren't smart enough to do that. It's the same thing with teams closing out games. How is it that you don't understand you do all these things, but then you don't understand how to close out a game? Pay your taxes, everybody. Is, it's is, not is about that. I'm just giving you an example. No, I, oh, hell, I don't care if you do or you don't. Why not? Hell, everybody in the government's <laughs> fleecing us anyways. Get in on the party. Get in on the party. Yes, uh, I, I like the sentiment uh, both, both ways. But no, no I, and I totally get it. Like calling games all season, you see, like it's like almost every game you do, you see something that just makes you say, okay, has this not been practiced since, since August when these teams came together? It kind of blows your mind at times. But uh, Indiana's going to get the ball back. Missed free throws by Purdue. Two-point game, three seconds left. And they throw up an air ball from 35 feet on a play where it almost looked to them all like Purdue was trying to take a foul up two. I mean, it looked that way. Well, I don't no, think they I, were, but a very, a very odd sequence where Indiana makes both free throws after Purdue fouled up four with the, the eight seconds left. Uh, Purdue, though, misses both at the line. And Indiana, as they go to the monitor to review here, at least they got a look, but not a great look trying to win the game with a three. Again, they were out of timeouts. Well, Xavier Johnson brings the ball up the floor. Trace Jackson Davis gets the rebound, hands it over to Xavier Johnson. He's bringing it up the floor. He had about six seconds remaining. Gets to about oh, about 10 feet beyond the three-point line. Fading to his left, decides to just chuck it up right around the Purdue logo. Actually, just past half court. He's, he kind of stumbled on his own as he got across half court. Yeah, but he had more time. He panicked. He could have thrown the ball. You see Trace Jackson Davis postgame showing like literally both hands out like, hey, I'm wide open right here for about a 17-footer. Mm. Too many players panic. That's why I, I don't mean to bring this up. I know you're a Missouri guy, but that's why Tyus Edney made one of the greatest plays of all time. <laughs> Never panicked. Took that ball up the floor, the behind-the-back dribble, gets the layup. 
UCLA wins the national championship. I'm not saying the Hoosiers were going to go full 87 or 76 Hoosiers here and win the national title, but thought they had an opportunity to get a far better look than the one Xavier Johnson took. Right. Uh, they, they te- and it was funny, too. He re- you mentioned Ty said the re- ball came out of his hand with .2 seconds left. He timed it perfectly. Indiana shot that ball so quick, they're actually going to put more time on the clock. But it's only .3, so Purdue just has to inbounds this. And and the game will uh, will be over here. So I, I would literally slam the ball uh, off yes. the off the guy who's covering the inbounder. Just don't do what Michigan State did uh, against Purdue. I know that that was one of those where I thought of you, where Michigan State threw the ball directly out of bounds toward the Purdue bench and basically gave Purdue a I, chance to actually uh, tie the game. But this this should be over for all intents and purposes. I, I, if I were if I were Indiana, I mean Purdue here, I would just whip the ball right at the defender in front of me. All right, thoughts on what this will mean for Indiana going forward? And we get into Amal's a list for best bubble teams. That's coming up next as we continue here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails in our tournament's betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com. Slash Madness. We are going to talk about some of those potential Cinderellas in just a moment. One, uh, at least, bubble team of all who does not get the job done today, Indiana. It is a final as this one ends up uh, going down to the wire. Two-point game, but Purdue was able to successfully inbound it there. Win 69-67. Game does stay under. Indiana covers. But another one of those close-but-no-cigar games for Mike Woodson. And you can't help but wonder, I mean, a team that... That was that showed promise earlier in the year. We remember the uh, the game they had at home against Purdue, where they they get the three point win. But a team who's barely top fifty in Ken Palm now with uh, twelve losses, eighteen and twelve, and back to back losses to close the season, and seven of nine here. How how can you really assess, how can you really give them a, a good look in the eyes of the committee here? I'm all going down the stretch, even though strength of schedule very very good in a Big Ten conference. It's been loaded. Yeah, it's hard to, but uh, you know that r- loss against Rutgers earlier this week was catastrophic. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. with a big shot in that one. Um, but to me, I still think they're a good team. It, it'll be unfortunate if they don't get in. But what would be interesting is, can uh, Woodson get this team prepared if they wind up in the NIT? Because I think they have a chance to potentially win it. They're not a bad basketball team. They're just in a highly competitive league. You know, If they're in the Pac-12, they're probably the number three or number four team in that league. 
I don't, you're not wrong on that. Yeah. Uh, I, last night on primetime action, I gave out Oregon and Indiana as my two NIT teams that I would that 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 I would likely think would have the best shots of making a deep run. Uh, you know, the, th- the question you always have, and, and handicapping those is what is the motivation? And once you think for a first-year coach trying to turn around that program like Mike Woodson and a fairly young team, that the motivation would still be high for Indiana, even if they they are not in the big dance. As much as Indiana fans don't want to hear that because they don't want to go in the NIT. I tend to agree with you, and you're absolutely right on that. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, going forward uh, with this team, something to pay attention to. But generally, yeah. mid-major teams are more excited about being in the NIT and facing off against some of these teams and playing at a place like Assembly Hall. Yeah, as far as uh, the, the bubble watch alert continuing, it did happen down in Clemson. Those Brad Brown Elt, it's always a tough out at home, always upset-minded, and they pull off the upset over Virginia Tech, 63-59. So Vatek, a team that was right uh, right in that bubble, even though second-best Ken Palm in the entire ACC top 30, but yet that's now 12 losses for Vatek, and they go into the ACC tournament now needing a lot of work uh, still to be done on their side here, probably now into that next four-out category. You'd think them all come Monday. Yeah, absolutely. And didn't they have that bad loss at home against uh, Miami this year with the buzzer beater, I think? Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Matthews, I'm sorry, uh, Char- uh, the kid from DePaul, uh, Charlie, I forgot his name, Charlie Moore, uh, hit the shot for Miami earlier this year. So another loss that you can't have, especially with Clemson struggling down the stretch, not being completely healthy, uh, Tyson being out, Hall being out of time. So really a disappointing one if you're Virginia Tech. Right, and 19-12 and 12 now, Mike Young's uh, Virginia Tech Hokies. Here's another one, although I would argue, as we talked about earlier, TCU, they did enough to get themselves on the right side of the bubble pretty comfortably with that upset win earlier in the week over Kansas at home. But they go down to a Bob Huggins, West Virginia Mountaineers. West Virginia was laying two, two and a half in that game, but 70 to 64, West Virginia trips up TCU on the road. Yeah, no surprise for me in that one because Mountaineers at home, uh, senior day, I thought they would win the game. I didn't think TCU's good enough to be able to win. You know, as bad as West Virginia's been, they're still a very competitive team. They're just in a tough league and they got off to a bit of a slow start, and they've had their struggles. But I think this is a team that can be pretty dangerous uh, in the conference tournament, so we'll see how things play out. As we keep going rapid fire, the the other game we talked about opening the show, big top 25 team in Kentucky going on the road, they do hold on, and they cover 71-63 over Florida as a four or a four-and-a-half-point favorite. You look at where you know, Florida was at them all coming into today, uh, as a as a team in that next four out category, they now you would have to think right for for the SEC tournament. Given how there are a lot of good teams in, that are going to be in that draw, is it semifinals probably at, at the very least what Florida has to do? Like a win over a Arkansas, Alabama, LSU type at the very minimum to even get Florida. Uh, consideration here, Amal? Is that is that probably the path? I think you're correct. I think they're going to have to ha- really make a deep uh, push in the SEC tournament to be able to win it. But I think when you look at the SEC, particularly the top four teams in this league, Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, and Arkansas, I, I think there's a huge point of demarcation between those four teams yeah. and everyone else. I think it's going to really be tough. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt has played well down the stretch this year offensively. We know Ole Miss has been kind of banged up with some injuries. That's a concern there. But you know, for me, I just don't see Mike White's team making a deep run. And also, the other thing is, you lose this game today at home. You got to turn around and you're going to play in probably, uh, what, 72 hours on Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, real challenge here for this Gators team to turn around and play extremely well. And we talk about the SEC. Auburn does win. They don't cover, but they beat South Carolina by 11 earlier today as a 15, 15 and a half point favorite. They do lock up the one seed for the SEC tournament at 15 and 3 while Kentucky and Tennessee end up slotting in at a 14 and 4. So looking at it now, there are 
<laughs> and what it kind of classic SEC this year, Amal. One, two, three, four different teams who all end up a nine and nine. And we could see two more depending on how results go later today. So yeah, Florida is going to be in that big quagmire of mediocre teams there uh, in the SEC. So some good bubble results today, some bad. And that leads us into a mall segment. We've been, we've been excited for uh, since we got into the studio today. It's the Amal A-list because, you know, there's a, you need a lot to get into the Amal A-list. There's a, there's a lot that has to happen. I, I, I don't know if this is the about, A-list. This is the bubble well, list. More. It is the A-list of the, as you referred to it, uh, you know, the the what, the, 30, the 36th place award, as you, <laughs> you uh, describe it here. So these are the, at least, okay, of the bubble teams mm-hmm. who could maybe make a run. These, Amal, please explain here your rationale. Your A-list of your bubble teams here. Uh, Florida does uh, did make it. Are they still on your A-list after uh, today's well, show? Well, this was all teams that were on the bubble, in my opinion, right. that had work to do in their conference tournaments, regardless of what happened. St. Bonnie's beat um, Richmond yesterday. Rutgers had that great win against Indiana, but and TCU loses today to West Virginia. I felt like these were all teams that could get into the tournament, and depending on the matchup that they have in the first round, could be dangerous. The Bonnie's with a ton of experience. Rutgers, a terrific defensive team. TCU, very good defensively, but they've been challenged. They played Baylor, and they played everyone else in that league, Kansas. Florida, same thing, right? You play Auburn, you knock them off at home, you played Kentucky. So they've been there, done that. Can these teams, though, get into the tournament? That's what remains to be seen, because I think all these four teams are probably in a situation where they're not going to be comfortable if they were to lose in the first round of their conference tournaments uh, where they stand now. St. Bonnie's helped themselves with that win over Richmond yesterday. They wind up as the number four seed in the A-10 tournament. Remember, these were the guys that were picked to finish first. Yeah, in the 20 preseason. Yeah, yeah. didn't have quite uh, quite the season they anticipated, and so we'll, we'll see what happens with VCU rolling right now. Now, today, uh, they're struggling in St. Louis. Uh, down six only. They just cut into it a little bit, but uh, this should be a big, uh, kind of exciting A-10 tournament. No, I certainly agree with you on that. It's just interesting, a Richmond team that we get into handicaps for certain teams like this, where the expectations were clearly set too high for them based off of how strong Rich uh, St. Bonaventure was down the stretch last year. But at one point, I mean, they lost, uh, they lost by 10 at Richmond yeah. early February. I'm all, they were 12 and seven, four and four and eight, 10 play. They end the season eight, one in, in regular season games. You still would have to think. So it, it's correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to be Dayton. Correct. Is there, as far as the, the seating here, I'm just, yeah. just confirming this. It, uh, sorry. I mean, Davidson, I should say is the number one seed where VCU Dayton will be in that two, three on the other side. Is it, an, is it really enough just beating Davidson in, in the semis to get a bit? To me, you would have to think they're going to have to be auto bid at this point. Just too many bad losses earlier. You, you, you think it could just be one. No, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think they're going to have to really get through because the one thing is, even though Davidson's had a terrific regular season, they are, I don't believe them to be the best team in the A-10. I know they were over the course of the regular season, but I'm not sure they're going to win the conference tournament. Uh, I think watch out for Bonnie's. Uh, I think watch out for VCU. Dayton can be dangerous. Now, Dayton, I think, ended up holding on today uh, at, at home against uh, Davidson. It was a tight, tight game. I remember it was like a two-point game with 13 seconds remaining. They won, but ended up winning by six. So they, oh, they, they did. Okay, they free did uh, Dayton won 82-76, covered very late, as you alluded yeah. to, covered the four there. Oh, yeah. it got up to four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, high-scoring game, you know, that's not the type of number you would expect with the Day- uh, Dayton team, but... Uh, give them credit. They've done a good job. They're a very young team. When you look at the Bonnies, they're a very experienced, older team. So it's going to be a fun A-10 tournament. So we've already discussed some other teams here in your Amal A-list. We've talked Florida. We've talked TCU. Uh, you mentioned Rutgers, and you certainly are strong on the on the Big Ten with the depth in that conference. A, a team, they, they lost to Jacob Young last year, transferred to Oregon, who was a, 
a big contributor to that NCAA yeah. tournament team. Where where do you evaluate uh, them at least at, at this point? Given again, like a lot of these Big Ten teams, up and down, a lot of a lot of rocky roads for many of these uh, mid tier Big Ten teams. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think this Rutgers team is dangerous because of how well Pykele's team defends, and they're a difference maker really in terms of how they play at the rack. Obviously, mm-hmm. in the tournament, you're not going to have that opportunity. But you know, this is a team that went to the Kohl Center, knocked off Wisconsin, went on the road at Bloomington, knocked off Indiana uh, at Hoosier. Excuse me, at Assembly Hall. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, and not a team you want to play. Remember, I think it was Houston last year or two years ago. I don't remember, but uh, tight, tight game. Houston ends up eating. That was that, that was the two uh, the two versus ten, I believe, yeah. last year, second round. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. Any team that defends is going to have an opportunity. That and they have Penn State tomorrow at home, a game that they will have to have assuredly. Rutgers right on the bubble there. Like you're going to be about a four or five point favorite when the line comes out. Now, speaking of lines, let's go down to the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook up next to talk with our guy Mike Piranio, who runs the joint over there. We'll hear all the latest happenings around town as we continue here on Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As we get ready for Selection Sunday with this whole college basketball season winding down, we encourage you to grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games. Or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime contest, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more. There is a flavor for everyone, even you, Amal Shaw. Get a five-hour energy today as we're back on VEASAN Bet Center. Uh, the, the games continue to be uh, to be fast, hard, hot, heavy. We have another final that just, uh, that just clicked here as Seton Hall and Creighton uh, go down to the wire. And Seton Hall, big road win for them. A couple of teams in that 8-9 seed line. Both have likely done enough here to solidify NCAA tournament bursts them all, regardless of what happens at Madison Square Garden next week. But it's uh, the Hall who go into Omaha and get a five-point win as two-point road underdogs here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, i tell you what, they ended up as a, uh, you mentioned a road dog here. It's not my kind of play, taking a road team only getting two. I'd rather mm-hmm. be getting a handful of points only because of fouls late. And you got to really win the game. Like I, I always cracks me up when people go, oh, I got them on the money line. I'm like, way to live there. I'm like, you went on a real edge there, buddy. Yeah, plus I mean, 110. Uh, well, it's not even that. It's like, what did you think? They were going to lose by one? I made the bet with the intention they were going to yeah. lose by one. I mean, come on. Uh, but give them a lot of credit. I, I thought the loss of Nemhard again, would be a factor. They struggled to score a little bit. I think they wind up with only 60 points in this one. Got off to a fast start, but then struggled after that. Let me just give you one quick thought from you here on a, a Missouri Valley tournament. Then we'll go out to our guy, Mike Piranio, who's standing by at, uh, at the Mandalay Bay. 39-23 Loyola at the half, a game... That was originally lined about 136 here. Loyola, the four seed, but laying three and a half or four against top-seeded Northern Iowa. What many perceive to be the de facto championship game in that conference tournament semi here, Amal. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, give the odds makers credit. They have not kind of swayed away from this Loyola team. They were six-point favorite in Chicago. They were a point-and-a-half favorite uh, at the game uh, at UNI, mm-hmm. and now uh, four-point favorite. Ben, what did you say? They're up 16 or 18? Up 16 at the half, yeah, and a 14-point live favorite. Too. Uh, boy, it seems like an impossible task for Jacobson's team. Not that it can't happen, but it just feels like an uphill climb. I'm glad I did not end up playing the over because you could tell three minutes into the game that thing was dunzo. And a Northern Iowa team playing great offensive ball as, as of late, 23 first-half points, so a, a total slog there. Speaking of of the odds makers putting up good numbers like you alluded to them all. Uh, one of the odds makers who did put up a, a good number for this game uh, is, is our guy Mike Piranio who joins the show, runs things over at the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook. 
uh, the manager there who gives us some time here every Saturday on Betting Across America. I'm sure, Mike, your head is in about a thousand different places. So thank you for carving out your usual time uh, to join us. Let us start with the game tipping in about 90 minutes. It's a Cameron Indoor that everybody uh, seems to want to uh, have a bet on or at least discuss here. North Carolina and Duke, Coach K's final home game there and final home game coming against their big rivals. Appears as, uh, as though this was you know, lined up here 11, 11 and a half a point uh, spot for Duke. What have you seen since you guys opened the line? As it appears as we have seen a significant amount of line movement here, but maybe not on the team everybody would expect. Yeah, I mean, we, it's, uh, first of all, this game is the, probably, you know, all the years I've been doing this, which is more than I want to admit, <laughs> it's probably, it's probably the only game uh, that I can recall in college basketball where I have people calling in, hey, I need to reserve a table for the Duke-North Carolina game. Not for the whole day, not for, you know, to watch some of the games and maybe that game. It's specifically for that. People, I guess it's historic, his last game, I get that. And uh, so we're kind of excited on that. Money-wise, it's 6-5 to five, kind of on a little bit. We need Duke, so it's 6-5 to five money on Carolina. Tickets are almost equal, so uh, I don't think, uh, I would assume some people are betting Duke probably as a sentimental thing, uh, mm-hmm. so that's probably not as good a value as taking North Carolina just because of that, maybe, and I'm sure that's baked into the line. Mike, I'm a better, so I couldn't care less about this game. I think the number's right where it should be, and I don't get excited about coaches retiring in week 11 in the NFL season with seven games remaining, so <laughs> I digress from this. Touche. I mean, any kind of handy, any kind of handicapping thing is uh, an edge is a good thing though. So maybe that is an edge. The the sentimental. Uh, maybe too many people are betting Duke, but who knows? Let's see what happens here, Mike. I want to ask you about next Sunday. You guys have a tall task. You will put out lines very quickly as the numbers are released. Excuse me, the matchups are released for the NCAA tournament. Now, for people that are unfamiliar, you guys power rate or power rank each team uh, one through three fifty. And then so you probably put a combination together. Is it that simplistic when you're setting a line for the NCAA tournament? Or do you also have to factor in, okay, Arizona probably is going to wind up and UCLA is going to wind up in San Diego for the first round of the regional games. It'll be a plethora of uh, Wildcats and Bruins fans there. How do you kind of go about coming up with those lines? But more importantly, in such a quick fashion. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's amazing what the traders at BetMGM and throughout the country do uh, on these games, especially this time of year, because it's so tough. I mean, we talked a little bit uh, before about it, but we you know we had the women's Pac-12 here at Mandalay Bay at the Michelob Light Arena, and. Uh, no one else had lines on the game. I mean, we searched high and low trying to make sure we were close and, and use something so we, we have an idea. Uh, and uh, luckily there was some, uh, you know, lines offshore, none, none that we really want to speak about legal, but uh, there was a little stuff on that. We look for those as a starting point and go for that. But the thing to remember on these lines, too, I mean, we take everything into consideration. Don't get me wrong. There's no one set thing that we do for setting lines or that the bed MGM traders do. But keep in mind, and it's something people always need to keep in the forefront when they're handicapping, is we're trying to get 50-50 action. We could care less if, if the power rankings say they could win by 100 points. 
we're not going to make the line 100. We're going to put the line at where we can get 50-50 action uh, as the most important factor, at least in my opinion. And I think most people will tell you that's the, the ultimate goal at setting lines because if we get 50-50 action, we guarantee we make money. And, uh, uh, and you know, from talking to me over the, the weeks here and years that uh, – if we if it is one-sided, it's usually in our favor anyway. So uh, it's kind of a good position right. to be in. Ben, I like the point he made about whether, you know, you think a team, UConn women, should be favored by 100 against yeah. somebody. But in essence, if 50 is the number, that's what they're going to create. I think that's a great point he makes. I mean, we see that every year. It's, yeah, we talk about the state. He's talking about Pac-12 women now, Mike. Stanford's of the world. Yeah. Who are, are, <laughs> they, they should be favored by quite a lot, even if that number, yeah, it seem, seems like it should be even even higher necessarily. No, it's a fascinating point you bring up. I'm curious, too, how it also, Mike, relates to not Selection Sunday, for instance, where there is there is a set number of games you know you're going to have to uh, to get into there with the the first the 32 games, 16 on the first Thursday, 16 on the first Friday, along with the first four games. I would imagine it's it's even more difficult, though, on a weekend, say, like today, where you've got your final full regular season slate of Power 5 conference games with the addition of these some smaller conference tournaments, some who have their finals today, some who have semis, some who have first round and quarterfinals, and very quick turnarounds in many cases with the majority of the small conference and most conference tournaments here going with the back-to-back strategy. So logistically, what is it, what is the, the order of operations for you guys when you, you have so many different things at play here on a day like today and you can't just sit there and focus only on the NCAA tournament? No, I mean, that's that's the biggest key. I mean, this is Vegas, and everyone talks about sports books all over the country. No one can recreate Vegas. I mean, we have UFC at T-Mobile today, one of the better cards in a while, huge fights are probably getting ready to start the early prelims. So, uh, and NASCAR is here this week in town. We got NASCAR at our, our track here this weekend, and it's big. That's, uh, we, we got the second race in the fall, and it, 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 there's always something going on here. So we, you're 100% right. We can't just concentrate on one thing, even though college basketball is the king right now. There's a lot of people here that know about NASCAR, follow it, go to races that can hit us and know probably just as much as our guys. And the same thing with UFC and boxing. It's uh, it's tough to keep on everything. That's why they do such a tough, uh, g- a great job. And it's an, it's not an easy one. Uh, it's an information business, and you got to be on it all the time. So uh, it's just amazing with these conference tournaments. And that's the biggest challenge they have. So Selection Sunday comes, and you know we're going to mm-hmm. keep the limits. That's something we can do. Keep the limits low when they, we, the lines first come out, so that we can uh, look at what got hit and why. And that's that's our biggest safeguard is to make sure we don't let anyone pop us real big at the start. And, and that's, uh, we're pretty good at doing that and watching things. Mm-hmm. And that's really the best way to monitor it. I think it was, it was the great Roxy Roxborough who once said, uh, Las Vegas has the ability <laughs> to walk and chew gum at the same time. So yeah, the yeah weekends are, are these, I'm sure what you guys live for, huh, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and be honest with you, we, it's going to be tough because if if a, a weird team gets wins a conference tournament, gets an automatic bid, that throws everything off as far as what we're going to be mm-hmm. able to do and what lines we're going to match up. And then you got the play-in games where we won't even know who's playing certain games. Uh, although those games usually pit you know the 16 seed against a one or two, so we could probably just make the line 25. Yeah, the, there you go. Yeah, a man <laughs> hard at work at all times, Mike Capranio. <laughs> running things over at the Mandalay Bay Race and Sports League. Mike, as always, a pleasure having you join us for a few minutes here on Betting Across America. Best of luck, rest of your uh, weekend here and going forward. I'm sure it's going to be a very exciting, hectic time as we get into March Madness. Thanks, as always. Yeah, thanks. Come on, see us, everyone. Come to Mandalay Bay, and I appreciate you having me on it. I, I really do. Yes, absolutely. 
we'll, we will be doing that uh, for sure as we come towards here the, the final uh, segment of our second hour with us here at the Circus Sportsbook Studios. And awesome games we will uh, we'll have to update on the other side. We'll also get into a little bit of NFL draft talk because... We, we never want to you know, leave any stones unturned with them all when it comes to his takes on the NFL combine. A lot of a lot of betting moves here, particularly with quarterbacks. We'll discuss that a little bit next. Brief uh, break from the college basketball. We'll still update all the big scores when we return as we continue right here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on college basketball. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more. At over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. As we are back, it is Betting Across America presented by BetMG. I'm back with Amal Shaw, Ben Wilson with you on an action-packed college basketball Saturday. There is other stuff happening, though. We will talk some NBA a little bit later in our final hour of the show. There's all sorts of UFC, the NASCAR this weekend, NHL. Our focus as we come down the stretch, Amal, week away from Selection Sunday, is on the college basketball hardwood and a couple games to get you up to speed on. Uh, it is a, first off, it is a final in the Big South semis. So we have the championship matchup for tomorrow set. Winthrop pulls away late from Gardner-Webb. They cover a four and a half point line, 76-67 over Gardner-Webb. So it's going to be uh, Winthrop then taking on the top seed Longwood tomorrow. Amal. Well, interesting to see when we get a line out on that game, but that is our matchup uh, tomorrow in the Big South final. Should be a terrific one. Remember, Longwood went 15-1 and one of the Big South this year. Really good team came from behind today against uh, the uh, USC Upstate up Spartans in that one. So should be a great matchup. Both teams, uh, I think Winthrop was 14-2 and two in league play. So should be a lot of fun to see how this one plays out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Gardner-Webb won with them last night in very dramatic fashion on the money line. The run comes to an end for uh, for Tim Kraft's Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs. Uh, so that game uh, wrapping up. The other conference tournament game we have been tracking, Loyola-Chicago and Northern Iowa. 
Northern Iowa making a game of it. Amal, you always wonder, though, too little, too late when a team goes down 16 in the first half. They've got it to within 13 at the under-16 media timeout. Yeah, the challenge is when you're down that big, even if you go on a 7-0 run, cut it to 9, one bucket the other way just really just stalls momentum. Mm-hmm. And that's where Loyola, with the way they defend, you feel really good about their chances uh, in terms of pulling that game out. But uh, kind of interesting right now what we're seeing around college basketball, KU and Texas in a dogfight at the Fog. Uh, right now, it appears to be a three-point, excuse me, yeah, Texas going to line shoot two free throws, so probably a three-point lead uh, for them. But uh, St. Louis really taking care of business against a very hot VCU team, Ben. They've won eight or nine in a row coming in this game. But uh, the Billikens on uh, Travis Ford's team off to a good start. Well, that and that could be the 4-5 matchup in the A-10. St. Louis-St. Bonaventure, who was on the Amal A-list earlier when we talked a bubble team. So, yes, uh, Loyola Chicago, 11.5 to 12.5 point live favorite over Northern Iowa. We're seeing 127.5 our bet MGM live total. Texas, Kansas, 30 to 28. Texas on the road, 225 to go in the first half. Texas laying three, and I should say Kansas laying three and a half live. And at 137.5, our total. This went off. KU laying six and a half here and 137 also uh, that total. But you, yeah, you, you have uh, St. Louis here. They were a short uh, home favorite today, two, two and a half. And they are all over, you mentioned, uh, this this matchup here over VCU. 34-26, under four, first half media timeout with a total there of 135 or 136 here. Uh, not, not a team that is going to be in the bubble conversation, largely because Travis Ford's team, for the talent and the size and the length that they have, just too, I, I don't even say one too many bad losses. It's been like three or four too many bad losses for uh, for St. Louis, a 20-10 and 10 team this year. But who's to say that isn't a team who could run through the A-10 tournament and possibly be a bid stealer. They did it two years ago. Any, any reason why you, you don't think they could do it again? No, I don't at all. You're absolutely right, Ben. And when you look in that league, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, St. Bonaventure earlier. Uh, you look at, of course, VCU. All these teams are dangerous. I, I Look, I would not be surprised at all if Davidson ends up getting bounced before the finals. You know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to see Dayton is a team that could be a threat. They're a little bit young, inexperienced, but they could be dangerous as well. So just something to pay attention to as you go forward. And St. Louis did lose twice, both games to St. Bonaventure this year. That would be a very interesting 4-5 matchup there in the A-10 tournament, which gets underway early next week. One last college hoops update, and then we'll get into some NFL draft discussion here. Amal, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, this is this is a game uh, you were very interested to see how it would play out, given that it's the final game of the year yeah. for Mike Boynton's Cowboys, ineligible for the NCAA tournament. They're down three as a three-point home dog here, 2.56 to go in what's been a... <laughs> Dogfight, 49-46, low-scoring game there uh, in uh, Stillwater. Yeah, no surprise with the way uh, both teams can defend. You know, uh, Boynton's team probably a little bit better at times offensively than they show. Uh, but I-, I expected this to be a tight, tough game, and it has been so far, especially when you know you're not going to play in the conference tournament like everyone else. If Texas Tech were to lose, no big deal. We have an opportunity to kind of win three straight games and win the Big 12 tournament. So little different perspective for the Cowboys here. As, as Mark Adams, the Texas Tech Red Raiders currently on the three-seed line into this final uh, Saturday of the college basketball regular season. So those are games uh, we are, we're all keeping tabs on here down the stretch. A number of them as well that tip off here at the uh, 2 o'clock hour, of which we will get into in our final hour on the show here, Betting Across America. Do, though, want to take a few minutes of them all because we, we would be remiss if we did not mention the big storylines coming out of Indianapolis here over the past couple of days, NFL Combine, and we have seen some significant shifting in the odds as it relates to first quarterback drafted. In fact, Amal, many of the East Coast books have taken these odds down altogether. Only a shop or two that even still has them up. But as of Wednesday, Liberty's Malik Willis was plus 150 to be the first quarterback selected. 
Kenny Pickett out of Pitt, the presumptive favorite at about even money. But with the uh, the hand gate, as I guess some <laughs> people are calling it, goes to the combine hands measure 8.5 inches. That would be the, the smallest hands of any a current NFL quarterback, Taysom Hill at 8.8. The only guy sub nine inches for, for what it is worth. And we have now seen a drastic shift them all uh, in the odds here. Want to get your thoughts first on that movement where Malik Willis, at least at one shop here in Nevada, minus 170 to be the first quarterback selected overall. Pickett has dropped here to plus 140. You know, I'm not surprised on the Pickett one because um, the hand size, I know with Joe Burrow is a little bit overblown. But I think with Kenny Pickett having such small hands, we're talking about Michael Vick being the last guy. And remember, Vick did have a uh, propensity to fumble the basketball, I mean, excuse me, the football. So uh, I think that's something you have to really take into consideration. And I don't think it'll be overblown from that perspective. You see how Pickett uh, at, at the plus 140. And then the rest of these odds have not really changed with Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, and Carson Strong. Uh, the, uh, the next four options. Joe Burrow was at, uh, was at nine inches. We did the exercise on primetime action last night. Uh, well, I, I measured 8.9. Well, you just measure from the tip you, of your going, finger going, to your... Okay, you're going from pinky to extended thumb here. So that's okay. how you're doing it. And I got 8.9. Like, I'm rounding that up to nine, all right? Okay. Just, to, just to let everybody know. Gil yeah. Alexander was our leader in the clubhouse with 9.5. So we'll get, we'll get the measurement later out for you, Amal. But let's do the exercise of, uh, of have Amal be the, the cliche quarterback translator here because Kenny Pickett talked about it. It's an interesting soundbite. And Amal, in only a true Amal fashion, will then break down what Kenny Pickett says in, into what he actually means here. So let's roll it first. Kenny Pickett addressing those small hand concerns there in Indianapolis. Uh, really just the exercise that I was doing. Um, the reason why I didn't measure at the Senior Bowl was just to have those extra couple of weeks. Uh, just kind of a common sense thing. It'll, it'll help you to have more time uh, working the exercises. So whatever it measures, it measures. And, you know, I'm sure that won't be the end of it, but I'll be the last measure and I'm sure I'll take of it. Kenny, how important is the... <laughs> whatever it measures... It measures uh, ball. That is a <laughs> the cadre of cliches. That is a that is a good one. I will say. What, what is what is the true translation here? Basically, you know, I get so sick and tired of dumb reporters asking me dumb questions. <laughs> so this is the answer you get. And I'm telling you, I've been in a million press conferences. It used yeah. to irritate the hell out of me. When you're fortunate enough to be in that position to be able to ask them questions, how about actually giving an effort and giving some intelligent questions instead of some of the stupid things that come across from these guys? That is a, uh, a lot of media members could learn a thing or two. Absolutely. For, for uh, this is, I know, somewhat off topic. Bet most entertaining press conference you were ever in the room for? I don't know. I got thrown out of one at SMU, so I thought that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> um, you know, Phil Bennett and company scored a touchdown to go up 12 with a minute to go. They kicked the extra point. So I asked him, I said, why did you not go for two? And he goes, what difference does it make? And I said, well, that's probably why you guys won your first game in week six. And I'm always... I'm all out. Absolutely out right. That Absolutely. is a, you know what? I wish more people held, you know, but, but here's my problem. Coaches it, accountable. The reality is, yeah, that's, you know, I was at a Larry Coker press conference when they beat Florida and it was unbelievable. Every, the South Florida media, holy cow. I thought he was going through a car wash. They were, they were washing him so well there. It was unbelievable. I was like, dude, Brock Berlin threw four picks. Florida had one of their great collapses all time. 33 to 10 in that game, the 2003 game. And I'm like, I get it. You had to be alarmed with this quarterback play here. They, they were just fortunate. They mm -hmm. had a ton of talent. They had a kickoff return. And, and you know, back then they had Sean Taylor. They had dudes. I mean, real dudes mm -hmm. on that team. And so it was just interesting to me how just these guys throw these softball questions up there. I mean, yeah. Well, long story short, you're, you're not surprised at the way things have developed with Pickett, given just the relative uh, the severe lack of size in the hands. What do you think about Willis, though, as, as a prospect, a guy who comes out of Liberty, and, and look, puts up good numbers in his, his final season. Now your overwhelming favorite here to be the first quarterback drafted. And there's been buzz that he could go as high as two 
uh, to Detroit. Is is this overblown steam here on Willis, or what? What are your thoughts on him yeah, as a prospect? I, I don't think he'll go that high, but again. Look, if you feel like he's a guy for you, for your program, you're going to take him. And it just really comes down to how you see him from a team standpoint in terms of them making that determination, whether it's worth it at number two or not. Yeah, it's very interesting at the very least to see yeah. the odds move that way. Be curious to see where when the shops on the East Coast reopen those numbers, presumably on Monday, where will the new odds be as the combine wraps up this weekend in Indianapolis? All right, that was our NFL discussion. When we come back, we'll get into the NBA card. A lot of games tonight. We'll visit with Andrew Bailey in about 15 minutes. Up next, so we'll update all the scores as we go into hour number three here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.